0: Acclaimed writer Alan Ball, who won an Oscar for American Beauty and multiple Emmys for Six Feet Under, has a brand new show on HBO called Here and Now. What do we think? Stay tuned.
1: You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz
0: begin. We are family. I got all my sisters with me. We are
2: a is coming in. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to TV Pilot Reviews here on AfterBuzz TV. If this is your first time tuning in, this is a show where we review Hollywood's hottest pilots and tell you whether you should pass or play. Quick clarification, we're not an after show, so rather than reviewing the same show week after week, we bring you a brand new show every week and just talk about the pilot. As I mentioned, today we're reviewing Alan Ball's brand new HBO show Here and Now. It's kind of a domestic family drama that we'll be getting into, but for, before we do that, my name is Jeff. If you want to find me on the internet, you can do it on Twitter at Jeffrey C. Graham. I'm lucky to be joined by three very intelligent women. Linda, let's start with you.
3: Hi, folks. Linda Antwi. Uh, you can find me all across social media at linda So girly.
2: Hey, guys. I'm Taylor Gates. You can find me on Twitter at Alphaba
1: underscore Ann and on Instagram at Taylor underscore Gates underscore.
0: And we have Brianna, our producer and engineer in the booth.
1: Hey, everyone. You guys can find me at BFIMS14 on Twitter and Instagram.
0: Let's talk about this show. As I mentioned, this is a show called Here and Now. It's written by Alan Ball, um, and we'll get into some of his credits in a little bit. Um, But basically, it feels kind of like HBO's answer to This Is Us. I don't know if you guys got that. Um, It's a multi-generational family drama um, with elements of adoption and diversity. And um, I would love to hear what you guys thought of this show. Taylor, let's start with you.
2: So, my first impressions were that it sort of felt Parenthoody, but mm. also with aspects of The Fosters and some of the editing reminded me a little bit of Big Little Lies, which makes mm-hmm. sense because both HBO, it just felt kind of like a grittier, yeah, grittier like parenthood was my first impression of it. Did you like it? I did like it. I'm very intrigued by it.
0: So, you're a play. I'm a play. And you're a recommended play as well. Yeah. Okay. Linda Anthony.
3: <sighs> um... I thought it was definitely a grittier "This Is Us" mm-hmm. HBO version of the "This Is Us." Like you said, um, it it kept my attention. Uh, I think I liked the diversity of the of the cast. I like the premise of the show, but I wasn't quite one hundred percent with everything that was going because there was a lot going on in the sixty. I think it was like sixty five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to say that I'm a tentative play because I'm curious what the next episode is going to be like, if it's going to settle down a little bit. And I'm going to say, uh, I'm a play for audiences. you all just so that you can see that there's something else out there to watch.
0: I think I am so similar to you that I want Bree to go before I do, because <laughs> I'm just going to repeat what you just said.
1: <laughs> um, I'm a little bit along the lines of Linda. I did think that there was like a little too much going on for me there was it was just a lot to take in for a very first episode i kind of wished that we had focused on just a more singular thing than everything going on at once um i would maybe be a play to see where it was going if i didn't watch so much television but because i think there's so much television in this day and age that i would be a pass just because you have to really sell me to get me to watch the next one but i maybe would encourage people to play so i could like Listen from them If it gets better So I could tune back In afterwards Fair enough
0: Yeah I've, I'm a, on the same page As I think the two of you Linda and Bree I think this is a very Ambitious show I think it's trying to Tackle a lot Which I really appreciate I like any show And of course Alan Ball's never just going to Create a regular show He wrote American Beauty I think he's trying to address a lot of the same topics in this, sort of the problems of rich white America, um, which can be very interesting. And, you know, a lot of American art is rooted in that tradition, a lot of playwriting especially, which is where Alan Ball got his start. That being said, I think this show for me failed on a lot of accounts to sort of achieve the success of the ambition it was reaching for. Mm Um, I do think it was beautifully shot. I think it does Mm -hmm. kind of have the same look as Big Little Lies. The same very cinematic, kind of um, almost vintage-y filters on the way it's shot. Um, And yeah, we'll get into it. I actually thought these performances were great. I just kind of had trouble with the actual bones of the show, unfortunately. Even though there's a lot I liked about it, Mm -hmm. I kind of felt this pilot was ultimately a bit of a failure. Mm -hmm. That being said... I will definitely watch another because I liked the idea that this show is as ambitious as it is and that's enough, especially because I like Alan Ball's other work. I would say American Beauty might be one of my favorite movies ever. It's enough to sell me to keep watching. So I'm a play, though I don't know if I'd recommend this show to many people mm-hmm. based on the pilot alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just this show in theory is a show I would love, so I'm going to keep watching it to see if I get on board. Um, okay, so at this point we always talk a bit about the development history of this show. Um, I've been hitting it pretty hard, but this show is created by Alan Ball. Um, you know him from, of course, American Beauty, which a lot of people say is one of the greatest films of the 90s. Um, definitely one of my favorite films. He also created Six Feet Under um, and True Blood, which people really like. And I think he co-created Banshee, or at least was an executive producer on that show. All Do you guys have much experience with Alan Ball's work? All of those things. Great. Except for the last one, but yes. Mm-hmm.
2: I've only seen American Beauty. I haven't seen either of the other shows, so
0: you would like Six Feet Under a lot. Does that also that. have
2: Peter Krause in it? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Okay, but this cool. did not
0: have Peter Krause.
2: No, it, wow. I'm thinking 911. My totally bad. Well, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of TV lately. Okay,
0: Tim Robbins kind of looks like Peter Krause, which is maybe why I, that's why I thought maybe okay, you confused them, sense. which would be <laughs> actually logical. They're both old white dudes. Um, not to not to discredit Tim Robbins, I thought he was very good in this pilot, but I do think they look a little bit alike. Um, cool. So. You like Alan Ball. Well, you like American Beauty. I like American Beauty a lot, yeah. And you're a fan of Six Feet Under. I am. Yeah.
3: I didn't... I wasn't super into True Blood, but I I get the fanfare about Mm
0: -hmm. it. Yeah. How did you feel like this show, the pilot specifically, kind of compared with the bar that he had set with his previous television work? Uh,
3: Again, I felt like for Six Feet Under, I felt it was uh, more simple Mm -hmm. uh, and easy to follow. and and tackling less issues. And I know there were way more issues nowadays, but I felt like even if I can think back to the pilot of Six Feet Under, it was simple to follow. Right. And you fell in love with the characters right away. American Beauty, same thing. Mm -hmm. Even though there was that mystical element, it was still very simple. Right. And this one, I love that I could, I felt like I knew the characters, even though it was only the pilot episode, Mm -hmm. but there was also a lot going on no, like the characters had a lot of depth but almost too much depth if that makes sense and then they yeah. threw in the mystical aspect and I was like wait what, what what is this like why are we doing so much I'm just trying to get to know you guys but I feel like I've missed out 10 years of your lives
0: yeah I kind of felt like this show was simultaneously about everything but also about nothing, nothing. Yeah. yeah and I was like there's another show that did this too oh have you guys ever seen the movie Synecdoche New York mm-hmm. it's a Charlie Kaufman movie I, I kind of got the same thing where you really have to admire the ambition of the writer who's doing it but at the same time trying to tackle race and gender and homosexuality and liberal America and psychiatry and doing all of that in 60 minutes I feel like I, what, nothing was really illuminated for me yeah. Um, and like you mentioned, Six Feet Under... So typically when we, ta- when we do these reviews, we'll kind of start with character. But with such a theme-forward show, I yeah. say we sort of start by talking about the format and the themes. Because mm-hmm. that seems to be like what the show is. Yeah. This is what I was frustrated with, was I, I didn't know what the show was. And I do think in a pilot, it's kind of your job, whether you give us the best narrative, you have to show us like what the show is. Yeah. And right now, I don't really know.
3: Right. Is it, a fa- is it about this family and... Being kind of liberal before its time, Mm -hmm. or is it about the mystical? aspect or is it about psychiatry mm-hmm. or is it about dysfunction or is it about depression like I can go on there were so many topics and it was it was almost overwhelming because yes, these are all important issues, but maybe you don't all tackle them in in the pilot episode right maybe yeah. you ease us into it
2: yeah, I think that's fair It was definitely a s- stuffed pilot like mm-hmm. there was a million characters that they introduced kind of all at once like one after another. Um, and I think that my biggest, I guess, qualm um, was the mystical element that you guys were talking about, because I don't feel like they're fully committing to it yet. Right. I feel like when you only have one character experiencing it, it makes it really hard for that to be a theme, if that makes sense. Like, you can't halfway have supernatural
3: stuff, right? right. And then and then backtrack and diagnose it as perhaps mania or schizophrenia. Right. And then say the brother has schizophrenia. But he's adopted, so it can't be like it's genetic. You know, like there was just, there was so much.
0: Yeah, so and much. to push back into what you're saying, Taylor, I think you could have made the show about that, but you just would have had to make the show about that. Right. Do you know what I it's mean? It's kind like,
2: of too hidden right now. Yeah,
0: exactly. I just think it feels like this very nebulous, it almost feels like an afterthought. And if you're going to have rampant hallucinations be an afterthought in your show, it feels a little disrespectful to the audience almost, mm. or almost disrespectful to yourself as a writer. That it's, the icing on the cake is a potentially very serious psychological illness, and that's kind of, like, treated as, like, the sprinkles.
2: And they're sort of marketing it like it's a supernatural thing, right? Because I've read some of the Maybe. kind of synopsis, and that was a, kind of the main theme in most of the things that I've read about, so I don't think it is psychological. I think it's actual... Supernatural, supernatural thing mm. which doesn't make sense for just one
1: character to sort of have it right now to me at least to yeah. i kind of agree with all of you guys as well i think that there was they should have focused either on this family aspect or they should have focused on the supernatural mm-hmm. aspect you know you can always do the family aspect and bring a supernatural theme into season two or towards the end of the season to kind of vamp people up for season two but mm-hmm. i think it was just a lot to handle in just this very initial episode
2: like, totally agree because if they would have had little hints of it like maybe just one of those scenes with him experiencing it and then drug it out a little bit longer but they went pretty hard with it for just one guy and to shove
3: the 11-11 mm-hmm. down our throat so many times like I got it I got it when you went to the um
0: the coffee the clock, shop thing right yeah. and he went to the clock Laundry again shop. yeah, yeah. Yep.
3: and then he's on the treadmill and again it gets stuck there okay you know what I, I get that's gonna be important yeah and then the candles, I get that, but then it just went on and on. And I just felt like, wow, you're really shoving this down my throat. Like, yep. I get what you're saying. You don't need to repeat it re- over and over again mm-hmm. to,
0: to me. Yeah. Then, I, I didn't mean to interrupt, no, Linda. No, no. I was just jumping off what you're saying. In general, I felt like this pilot was showing us its cards a little too much and not enough. And yeah, it's funny. I feel like one of the things I love about Alan Ball is he's often a pretty subtle writer. And I think, like, this show was a lot of things, but, like, Subtle might not be one of them.
2: It was not. It was pretty subtle to me, at least, until he made the big speech at the birthday party, and I was like, okay, this is pretty melodramatic now. (laughs)
3: That and then uh, the part where, and I won't, like, totally repeat it, but when they're like, oh, it was in the diner, and they're like, oh, we adopted three kids from Liberia, Vietnam, and Colombia, all countries that the U.S. effed up. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, you don't have to tell me every. Don't feed it to me let me just let the story unfold and let me figure it out for myself and i felt like that was a recurring event in this pilot where they they would do something and then they would tell me that this is what they're doing totally agree okay
1: i I don't know if you you guys would agree on this too sorry to interrupt um did you feel like we were getting like almost too like it's kind of spinning off what you said linda but that every character we had to try to get a lot of backstory for them right off the bat
3: too much i mean the the daughter from Libya who's married but not happy in her marriage, has a kid, it's interracial, but then she's in the fashion industry, but then she wants to, like, bang this model. Like, okay, that was in five minutes. Right. Are you kidding me?
0: And it's funny, because I appreciate the attempt to give us really deep, rich characters, but something about the way it we found out was just very um, tell, not show.
3: Mm-hmm. Right, and could you not have that unfold? Like, if I'm comparing it to this, Is, This Is Us that story unfolded and we're still trying to figure it out, Mm -hmm. which is what brings me back every single week. Here it was like, I felt like it was crammed down my throat, like, this is the story, this is the backstory, get it, as we move forward. Which, do you need all of that in the pilot? I don't know. You want to lay the foundation, like you said. When we talk about Tina Fey and 30 Rock and the ideal pilot, you want to get to know the characters. You don't necessarily need to know everything about the characters Mm -hmm. in the first pilot episode.
0: Right. Yeah, I think um, this kind of leads me to the question of, like, what do you guys think this show is? Because, like, each of these characters sometimes felt more like a mouthpiece or a symbol than a character, Um, and there's nothing wrong necessarily with that. It's almost like I would have preferred to see this played out on a stage, maybe as a play. Mm. Um, It almost felt like this was a play that was brought to television, and I think when you're telling stories on TV, you just have to do it a little differently than you would in playwriting. Mm. Um, What do you, like, if you were to explain this show to a friend, what would you say?
3: Um, (laughs) You're putting me on the
2: spot.
0: I'm coming up with a logline right now, Jeff. Yeah, making me come up with a logline.
3: I don't have a logline, but I would say that I was watching a family drama, like a dysfunctional family drama that had, like, weird mystical elements mm-hmm. to it that I'm not sure what they are yet.
0: Yeah. That's a great explanation. Yeah. I just all this stuff about I think like in a show like this is us, all of the conflict is about the relationships of the characters. Where in this, I felt like it was, like, more external. Like, it was yeah. like, I'm adopted and it's hard to live in Portland. Or it's... I don't know. I just... I would have been more interested. And this is just the pilot. We're talking about one episode of the show that I'm going to keep watching. But I felt like in this pilot, I was told all of the problems that these characters have with each other. And in the world. Like, I feel like Alan Ball's really trying to say a lot about, like, a post-Trumpian America. And the lives of the liberal white elite. Um... But like, we were told, I just feel like each of these characters felt like a device for Alan Ball to make these interesting observations. But if you're going to do that, write an essay, you know, we don't need to, if you're going to fictionalize that, it needs to be story first, I think, rather than sort of theme first.
1: Also, Jeff, I know that we had talked a little bit about this, but I know you kind of had even a little hard time believing some of the relationships in this. And I'm not, and I don't blame the actress, I thought all the acting was good, but Yeah, it was kind of hard to buy these all as, like, siblings because they didn't seem to, like, really connect with each other in a way.
2: See, that's where... I kind of disagree on that personally because I loved. I wrote down their names because it. I mean, there's a lot of characters. A lot of characters. But um, the fact that the two youngest siblings and the two oldest siblings were definitely closer with one another, I thought, rang really true because when you have, you know, four kids in a family, a lot of times you'll gravitate towards like one sibling over another. And I thought the dialogue between Ashley and I don't. What's his name? It's is it Duke or Doug? Yep, it's Duke. I've got Duke. It. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought their conversation in the cafe, while they did talk about, you know, they did a lot of telling in that scene, I did feel like their dialogue was pretty natural Mm -hmm. and, like, playful, which I really liked. Like, I liked that relationship a lot. Mm -hmm. And I liked the scene in the bedroom between the two youngest siblings too, because they're kind of the, like, screw-ups in Mm -hmm. a way. And so that's, like, where I thought that the show was like strongest was between the siblings. Like I really liked watching their interactions
3: personally. I agree with you. I think that uh the relationships were one of the most believable parts mm-hmm. of this. And yeah. I also thought that it was relatable. Like we all can relate to one of these characters in some form, yeah. shape or way.
1: Um
3: so yeah. yeah I mean I,
1: I, I get what you guys are saying. I think for me it was just the the dialogue that was happening in between them, I would rather it been a more how siblings actually talk rather than like, let me tell you my entire back history.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, Yeah, they... They interacted like siblings would, but didn't necessarily talk to each other like siblings would. The content of the conversations was maybe not super authentic. Which actually owes a lot to these performances. I think, in general, this show is very well acted. And And a lot of
1: them are new, right? I haven't seen a lot of The girls from Grey's Anatomy, Mm -hmm. I know, um, and obviously Tim Robbins and... um, Holly Hunt, is oh, Hunter, Holly Hunter, yeah, Hunter, our um, established
0: actors, right. but the other ones I That's was not true, familiar she's with. From
3: Grey's Anatomy. I was like, why do I know this actress?
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty new acting, in, in general, I thought the performances were actually excellent mm-hmm. in this show, mm-hmm. pretty much across the board, to the point where I thought they were acting themselves through some, I think, challenging dialogue, like dialogue that other actors might not be able to convince us as mm-hmm. much. Um, which goes to the fact that all of us liked the relationships, even if we didn't necessarily believe them in the, the way they speak. It was the way they were performed.
2: This is a little bit off topic, but did anyone else have trouble believing the youngest sibling was 17?
0: Yes. She
2: did not. (laughs) I thought she was like 21 at the beginning. She's like in her
0: 30s. (laughs) Yeah, she's
2: 25. The actor's 25. I was like, okay, maybe like 21, 22... 17 does not feel believable for me for her
0: yeah
3: and then are we gonna even talk about this the whole because i was like is the horse thing part of this (laughs) mystical thing and like you're a virgin but all of a sudden you're free and liberal i kind of felt like they they
1: just wanted to give her an identity because everyone else had such a
0: unique thing and she didn't so they're like we're gonna
1: make her just be kind of weird it's like overly
0: quirky i agree Uh, with you Bray. yeah which isn't again it's a pilot it's hard he had a lot of characters to work with but yeah, I do feel like that was an example of like hipster television kind of really yeah. shoved down our throat. And like if the horse head were a one scene thing, I think it would have been enough to give us a character trait. But to have her just persistently wear that I almost found distracting. Mm-hmm. Um, it especially just, during the sex scene. Yeah. yeah. It
3: was completely distracting. Like this is your first time that you're gonna always remember and you had a horse head on, like
0: Right. Um, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I I admire the ambition. Like, I love that idea on paper. Like, I feel like if I would have read this pilot, I would have been in love with it. But when it was rendered on screen, some of it just didn't ring in as true of a way. Especially when there is shows like This Is Us or Parenthood that are on. And I was thinking back to what you were saying about the believability of the relationships. I wish we would have gotten one, like, dinner table scene. Mm -hmm. Like, do you guys watch Transparent? No. So, actually, I think this show has a lot in common with Transparent, because we'll get into it a little bit when we talk about the actual characters, but I think, like, unlikable characters could be an argument that's made about this show, which is definitely true of Transparent. Like, they're all very self-centered and liberal in the same way that they are in this show. But one of the first scenes we get is all of them at dinner. And I think, like, those, as from a writing standpoint, rather than giving us all their separate worlds... I would have loved one family scene, because I feel like that can be such an easy way to get to know not only everyone individually, but as a group as well. That's a great point. That is Mm -hmm. a great point.
2: Because I think the birthday party was like halfway there, because we got all of them together, but not all of them were forced to talk to one another.
3: And they didn't all really interact. Like, I thought it was interesting that the wife had like maybe one scene with her husband and a kid, Mm -hmm. and then that was kind of it. She was with the mom during the speech and I was just envisioning like my family gatherings you would probably be with your spouse and the, I don't know it just mm-hmm. something was off about the dynamics of it all to me personally yeah. but if it was like a dinner table scene That's real, you know, because your guards are down, Mm -hmm. and you're just interacting on who you are while you're eating, which is something that we just talked about earlier. Yes, exactly. And it makes you focus in because it
2: those scenes were a little cluttered with all like the friends and the like girlfriends and boyfriends, and it just was extra people. Mm -hmm. I will say the one thing I did
1: like about the interactions with the husband and wife is I liked this idea of the what she's putting out to the world is like we're fine, we're in love. Like her little speech introing him was so beautiful but like then their actual relationship is not that yeah and i and like he wasn't trying to pretend but she kind of was i think that was a kind of very
0: realistic portrayal of
1: a lot of america in a way true that's
0: a great point brie which i think should bring us to the next conversation we have is not the performances necessarily but these actual characters how did you guys feel about the eight really characters that alan ball gave us in this pilot overall
2: I guess I'm in the minority because I liked all of them. Like, I really did. I Mm -hmm. found redeeming qualities about all of them. Even the ones that I didn't like at first, like the the dad, like Greg. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, he's cheating with a prostitute. Right. So I'm like, ew, like, this is cliche, kind of. I don't love this. But the scene where he's crying in that car, like, I think that's just... It speaks to the actor of, like, I felt for him in that. And I understood, like someone I didn't think was going to be redeemable just the minute he started crying in the car and pulled over, I was like, wow, I feel for him. Like, he's got something going on. Yeah. So I like them because they are all really flawed, and I, I mean, I lean towards really flawed characters, mm-hmm. like sort of anti-hero type people, and I'm really intrigued to know more about them and figure out where they're going. Like, I care about all of them already. Good.
3: Yeah, no, I actually I liked all of the characters. I thought that they cast this and acted this perfectly for what this is. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Greg, the Tim Robbins character, I had a little bit of trouble with because I couldn't really understand where he was coming from. Like depression didn't um, automatically jump out at me until they like again forced it down my throat, and I felt like his breakdown when he was having a speech at his sixtieth birthday wasn't as authentic as the breakdown he had in the car when he started crying right. and I felt like I, I don't know if that's believable to me but he is a philosopher so maybe it is I don't know but like the whole speech that he gave at his birthday and then he sat back on the, on the stairs when his son was having a breakdown and didn't come to the sun I just I didn't buy that 100% and then uh, Holly Hunter Annie she's like Part of her is like every mom, like controlling mm-hmm. and like super wanting to be involved. And what is it like the when the birds leave the nest syndrome, empty nest syndrome? Yeah, yeah she's empty so nest. So she, she's she's that, and she played that to a T. But then when she was in the um, therapy session, therapy session, I was just like, "There's no way this guy's a grown adult. He's out. He's smart. Apparently, like he's like some computer programmer from what I read." Why would you let your mom be like that in therapy? I would just be like, you know what? I'm hiring him. You guys got to go. I don't know. It was just too... I
0: actually weirdly kind of like that. I think it speaks to the credit maybe this show deserves because we do have a lot of varying opinions about this pilot. I feel like I've been hard on it, but there's a lot to admire actually about what we were shown. I like this Holly Hunter character maybe the most out of all the characters. Maybe she kind of reminds me of my mom. Like a little (laughs) controlling. I'm the youngest. Yeah. Um, So, like, I feel like because Ramon was so heavily featured in the pilot, I maybe identified with that a little bit. Um, I gotta say, I had trouble with Greg just because, personally, I'm sort of tired of, like, doomed rich white men crying over their own choices. Like, oh, man, I'm so sad I cheated. Like, I don't know. Especially when there's shows like The Shy, which are about real poverty. I have trouble like oh it's just when I'm this rich and I can have sex and, in and
3: life
2: just yeah, I disagree
3: wasn't what with me, I all thought of...
1: it was going to be yeah. did you live in Oregon and I the disagree rich- with all three of you on this great character you liked him I didn't like love him but I thought he was very relatable and I thought I didn't think he was crying because he cheated I thought yeah. he was crying because his life is like getting to a point where he doesn't have any choices left to go anywhere new and he doesn't yeah. know what it is and he's stuck
0: yeah you're right yeah. So
1: I don't know. Like I mean, I didn't have a huge problem with the characters in general. I actually, hated the Holly Hunter one the most because it reminded me of a lot of people I grew up with, hmm. and it just annoyed me in that way. Sorry <laughs> to interrupt there. I just wanted to
0: like give a different opinion of Greg. It's okay. Did you want to finish your thought, Linda? Or
3: I just feel like his character. I mean, he's done, He's he's an established author. He is a professor. He's a philosopher. He has the family and this can't be midlife because of these past midlife breakdown. but I feel like it's more of a, and I, I, I feel terrible saying this, I was going to say it though, a woe is me, like rich, white, liberal guilt. Yeah. And and that's not something that I can really, I can't obviously relate to it, but I also can't feel bad for it. Like, your life really isn't that bad. If we comp- compare it to the chai, the chai, because <laughs> I'm always going to say the chi, but the chai, and like, Real life issues, like family members dying, like what we saw today uh, like real life drama that happened today on um, right. on Valentine's Day, then you know, this is at the bottom of the list. I hope
2: if they're calling it depression, I hope that they actually mean like depression, like you know because like depression can happen no matter what's going on in your life yeah. you know what i mean right. like it doesn't yeah. always stem from somewhere it's like a mental health thing like regardless of how great your life is going so the fact that they're labeling it that if they dive more into that and it's like actual you know depression depression and yeah. then i think that it would like you know what i mean it It'd would be, be different and it could like really delve deep into the character and like because, you know, on paper he has this great life, but maybe it is some, you know, like hormone imbalance is mental health issue, and yeah. health issue. I, and I think, really
1: hope that they dig into that. Plus, I do think that's an important thing to bring up with mm-hmm. all these shows delving into mental health. Like, I agree with you, Taylor, if that's where they're going, and which is where I thought they were going, it doesn't matter who you are or what your life yeah. is that you can be affected by this and that's where I think it's relatable
2: that's why I hope they're not just throwing that word around you know what I mean I hope they're really serious about he's actually been diagnosed or is going to be diagnosed and they'll talk more about you know what right. depression really is because it's i think really commonly misused
0: well and it's interesting because as a philosopher he acclaimed his following based on his, this theory he developed which is like the here and now theory mm-hmm. what's interesting is i guess i like what Bree said of like his current here and now is not satisfying him so it's like inherently a very interesting drama or conflict i mean i just think i'm at a point where i'm like do i really care about this show When there are so many... When I've seen it already, kind of, and there are a lot of, I think, more radical explorations of different lives on television. Um, And that's to no one's fault. It's just a question I have to ask of myself, is do I really care right now when I have so many options? Um, But actually, after this conversation, I'm more on board than I was. And again, yeah, I want to credit the show to the fact that it is generating this conversation because not every show can do that.
3: And it's on HBO, and HBO... Tends to have really great shows. I know yeah. they do. So, I mean, I think I, I think back to when I first watched uh, Game of Thrones, the pilot, and I was like, "Oh, there's really a lot going on here. I don't think I can get into it." And now it's one of my favorite shows, so it might be the same thing.
0: I hope it is because, in, in theory, I love this show. Um, I just want to love it in real life too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, in terms of the actual writing, I think the show's pretty well written. Even if, like, in in bite-sized pieces, which is sort of what I would have expected from Alan Ball. Like, he's obviously an ambitious writer, and he's trying to do a lot. I liked a lot of the little nuggets we got of dialogue. How did you guys feel kind of about the writing
2: I agree with that. I wrote down like some quotes that I liked um, because I think there were, like I said, like the nuggets, like you said, mm-hmm. like the short kind of like throwaway one-liners are what I think it did the best on. Like, like we kind of talked about earlier, like maybe the big general conversations were the strongest, but like the nitty-gritty line by line was really like you could
3: tell this was an established writer.
0: Yeah, for sure.
3: It reminded me a lot of America Beauty, yeah. and I loved it. So I felt like because I love that his style of writing, I was, I was on board with the writing style Did I think that there was a lot going on and, and perhaps um, a little too broken down for me. Uh, yeah, but overall I thought, like you said, that there were some nuggets in there that I mm-hmm. thought were, were beautiful. Cool. <laughs> American Beauty, beautiful. Uh, beautiful. Oh, there you go.
0: <gasps> Super funny. This is one small quip. <laughs> I think we're going to get into how it's really tough to be a minority Which, because of all the adoption narratives. But I also think when you're as attractive as all these people are, life can't be that hard. (laughs) Like, I'm like, I know it's probably hard to be, like, adopted from Vietnam or from Liberia. But these people are just too hot to have that hard of a life. I'm just going to say it.
2: (laughs) To the show's credit, though, because I was thinking that, too. Yeah. But they're at least to me they're more real life pretty than like CW would be. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Like
3: they still look like real people to me at least. Have you guys been to Oregon before? Huh? Oh, okay. They look like Oregon 150%. Do Yeah, it's okay. like... I mean, this is such a stereotype but like that natural beauty like tall, rich, successful that is Oregon in a nutshell and then they have like this beautiful nature. Yeah. And... So I thought it was like perfect because that's exactly what you'd see. You'd see like the grungy barista hair pulled back and like the pretty black girl who's like into fashion. Like it was totally Oregon. They got it right. Pacific Northwest, I'll say.
0: I just was like, I just can't imagine life's that hard if you're this attractive. But But it wasn't,
3: I don't think it's, so, and that's another question. So you're that attractive and you're that successful but then, you know, your childhood, some people bounce, not back, but like can move forward from their childhood. And some people can't, like they get scarred by it and they have to deal with that. That's and true. And I think that not being adopted, I don't know, but I think that not knowing, and I'm just assuming they don't know specifically about their past, but not knowing their past, that's part of like the disconnect, right? Mm. They came from this perfect uh, upper middle class family, Pacific Northwest, everything seems great. And the parents are like, progressive and liberal Mm -hmm. but then you know you're adopted and even in the therapy session when the dad was like well he's not my biological son like that has to if you haven't i don't know like um sorry i'm just saying if you haven't protected yourself from that and you're still wounded from that then that will always bring problems and that's where your problems are their inner problems not outer problems
2: it's more of the microaggressions yeah. than like yeah. the outward like being homophobic like it's more just like set- like reminding you that you're not the norm, yeah, even though you're trying your hardest and you're trying to be accepting yeah. it's that's what I thought was cool about the show is because it wasn't like the normal like really aggressive things, it was the really subtle sort of
0: microaggression. It's a very female thought. I'm glad we have women on this panel. I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I agree with you guys as well. I think like the challenging part that made life hard for them, not necessarily wasn't that they weren't white in a way, but it was that the parents would always remind them in that yeah. sense. Like how they were talking about her mom, their mom, I mean... um Dressing them up in their traditional clothes to go to school for photo day—it's like it was more important for her to be like, "Look at how progressive I am," than to actually just give them Mm -hmm. a good childhood, regardless.
0: Yeah, super interesting. That stuff is so interesting, and that's where this is us thrives, right? As we get to see their childhood and their adulthood—that's what I want this show to be. I want this show to dive in rather than have these characters sort of be mouthpieces. Have them be real people. That's what
3: it is. Yeah,
0: that's what it is. Show
3: me, not tell me. Exactly. That's what it is.
0: Um, It's funny because a show like this should be so intimate but I didn't feel like this episode was very intimate so I think if the show can really explore the intimacy of the family I'm on board for sure Mm -hmm. because the writing is great it's just the show isn't really for me working yet
2: I think that's what kind of what we were talking about earlier. I think you pitching the idea of having the dinner would Mm -hmm. have been really smart because they started super broad and cluttered with the birthday party. Like, maybe save that until, like, episode three and, like, work your way into that.
3: It was too big of a venue. And the intro. Mm -hmm. At first, I was like, am I watching the right show? (laughs) Like, what's happening right now? Yeah. So, I thought, like you said, I think that it was very ambitious But I think that in this pilot episode, there was definitely a lot going on. And now that I think about it, if you think about American Beauty in the movie, in the movie, you're going to want that, like, theatrical, dramatic intro and, like, pull the audience in. But in a series where you have week to week to week, that maybe you can break that up instead of, like, cram it all into the first episode.
0: I'm just laughing when you said, what's happening right now? I feel like that should be the slogan for the show. (laughs) Yeah. Here and now. What's happening? HBO.
3: Do you guys like the title? That's, like, random, but... But did you notice that he... It's part of his book and his right. theory, yeah. and then it was in his um, speech. Right. So I think it's something that's going to be It feels ongoing. like the right title,
0: in the really? sense.
2: I don't love it. Yeah. I think well, because I don't really... love the show. That's
0: why I feel entitled it, <laughs> It's a little broad or something, a little unfocused. Yeah
2: i didn't get anything from the ti- i don't know i just i have a thing with titles like i want the title to like fit it really well and be perfect and i don't know that this title like fits it
0: super well that's just a personal no, little I note but i feel like my criticisms of the title are the exact same criticisms i have of the show Fair or enough. like what a deep seeming idea that doesn't really work <laughs> as of right now that's a little snarky of me but that's what i think guys I do not um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about the show. Like, I'm. I feel like I've been really critical, but it's because I have high expectations and I want the show to be amazing. Because the, when the potential's so great, it, that the potential not being met's even more crushing. You know,
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Like that's how Vinyl was for me too, which was also an HBO show.
3: I loved Vinyl. Did you? I was so sad that it got.
0: I liked parts of vinyl, but we can talk about that later. Um, any last thoughts on here and now before we sort of break down our scores and do our last segments with the show?
2: Are we allowed to, like, venture into somewhat prediction yeah, things? Yeah, we do prediction. Okay, yeah. do we think that at the end on the cliffhanger, do we think that that's, like, his brother or his dad?
0: Oh, at that point I didn't really care. I hardly thought about it. <laughs> I feel That's like I'm just curious. I feel yeah. like
3: they're related.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah.
3: But it's gonna be like in a, some weird supernatural way that they're okay. related. Like a sensei. But for sure. Thing.
0: Yeah, maybe like yeah. a sensei. I mean the the numerology stuff is really interesting. I just yeah, I I'm excited about the show in the sense of like so many great ideas. Um but yeah, I could see them being related. Yeah. Yeah. Um well... There's a reason why I'm a psychiatrist. I know. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, um, do you guys want to get into scoring this pilot? Yeah, for sure. I'm giving it a 2.8. Where
1: do you go next? Um, I'll give it a 3.2.
0: I'm going to give it a 4. Cool. You're allowed to do that. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm going to go 3.0. Man, I gave it the lowest score. Sorry. Sorry guys.
1: This, is, this is so typical of you, Jeff. I <laughs> give a, a, a show like a low score, you're like, I'm going to watch it. Or then you give it a high score, I'm not going to watch I it. Like it. I don't like it. You're so right. So, so I'm the one who created so this segment. I think I
0: understand it the least. So um, this is an interesting discussion to have. Our life or death segment. Do we think this show is going to get a second season based on the pilot alone?
3: I'm going to say that yes, it's going to get a second season. I think that HBO tends to give second seasons. I think that because Alan Ball is attached with it, they're going to give it a little bit of leeway. Yeah. So, uh, yes.
2: I'm going to say yes too because HBO doesn't really have a show like this right now, unless I'm wrong. But I don't no, think they, they don't. do. They have the big sci-fi type shows. This they do is have, different. They do
3: have divorce or The divorce, yeah, so divorce, which is kind of a little bit family-ish, okay. but not quite.
0: Yeah, Togetherness would have been the most recent comparison, which was a show that I loved that they canceled. But um, it's funny, I agree with you guys. I think there's a lot of the show has going for it. Alan Ball, it's filling a niche. But I'm a little worried about the show. I, I would not. Yeah, because I think it also has some big strikes. And HBO is prone to greenlight second seasons, I think. But mm-hmm. if a show, like, you look at a show like Vinyl, and they didn't. And you could argue that because Alan Ball's attached... But that was Martin Scorsese. And, and they, technically too.
1: they did renew vinyl. Like yeah, off the first
0: episode, and then they ended up canceling it anyway. Yeah. Or like the Deuce or no, not not the Deuce. Um the what was that show called? The Jack Black and the Atom Bomb. Oh, I can't remember. What? <laughs> uh, I know what you're
1: talking about.
0: Yeah. yeah but know. that was an example of a show that was also greenlit and then uncanc it was canceled. The brink. Yeah. The brink. That's right. I just think. Because HBO spends a lot on their shows, and this show might not be that expensive, um, but it I just... It looks expensive. <laughs> it does look really nice. I'm just... I'm a little worried about this show. If I had put my life on it, I would say we're not getting a second season of this show right now. Really? What's because, the, What's the
3: biggest X to you, again? Well, I so...
0: Just because, like, the critics have savaged this show, which is really interesting. In general, critics are not liking it. And I think HBO is a network that will support its fledgling shows as long as they're getting Emmys or even good Good reviews. And because, even though this is a well-written, ambitious show, I think if it doesn't find its audience and it doesn't have critical acclaim, I'm just a little worried about it, Hmm. even with Alan Ball. But who knows? Let us know in the comments what you think. And uh, Brie, did you want to add anything or...
1: No, I mean, I, I agree with you, Jeff. I'm, uh, based on the pilot alone, if we're not basing it on the fact that there's star power and everything just on the writing of the pilot, I would say no, it's not going to get a second season.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Um, but related to that, uh, Linda, no, before, go ahead. I was going to say, let us know what you guys think in the comments, um, whether or not you think this show should get a second season, will get a second season, and importantly, whether or not we should be running an after show for HBO's Here and Now. As of right now, I don't believe we are. Break We me- are not. But if it's something you guys really want to see in our schedule, we take that seriously and the producers will consider it. So let us know what you think. Um, And if we were hard on this show today, let us know. Disagree with us in the comments. Let us know why you love the show. I think Taylor liked it more than the rest of us, which is great. Um, The beauty of this show is that we kind of have the freedom to not necessarily agree on what we're watching because we're just watching pilots. So let us know. Join the conversation. If you want to do that, you can do that on Twitter. Um, to me, Jeff at Jeffrey C. Graham, and of course, my brilliant co hosts. Linda Antwee
2: at Linda So girly.
0: Taylor Gates
2: on Twitter at Alphabet underscore Anne,
1: and on Instagram at Taylor underscore Gates underscore. And Brianna. Hi, you guys can find me at BFIPS14 on Twitter and Instagram.
0: Awesome. And just so you guys know quickly, um, Taylor Gates, who's joining today, will be coming on a show that I host on Friday. It's called The Unproduced Table Read. Yay! where we table read unproduced pilots and it's a fun story because Taylor sent her pilot along and I was like oh man I hope I like it because I really want to bring her on the show Unfortunately, I really did it's a very well written pilot so if you guys yeah it's going to be really fun so if you guys want to hear what Taylor's writer's voice is like join us on Friday on the Popcorn Talk Network at 10am awesome Uh, guys we'll see you next week here for TV pilot reviews bye